Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy McGregor. This week's guest is Wayne. I've known Wayne from Tumblr for quite some time. Uh, I don't really remember how we became Tumblr mutuals, but it was one of those things where we're probably reblogging things from one another. Uh, I don't much look at Tumblr anymore, but we've both moved to Twitter where we've also kind of hung out and he's done some fan art for some of my other podcasts. Um, but I know him as kind of a, a, an artist that does Souls illustrations and things like that. And it was really nice to be able to sit down with him and hear his soul story. Um, so check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it and I will let you go and listen. Thanks. Um, so I guess let's start at the beginning. Like what was your first from software or dark souls game? Sure. Yeah, so the first one that I actually played uh, was Demon Souls, and that was when a bunch of my friends were telling me about this game that was like supposed to be super hard. It was coming. Uh, they were like Sony didn't want to publish it. And a different company was bringing it over here because apparently it was super bad, but hard or whatever. And I was kind of like, well, this doesn't. I'd be super into because I'm not super good at video games but mm-hmm. i like a lot of them um and then a couple months later i was over at their place again and they said you got to try this demon souls game i gave it a shot and it was fun and all but it's kind of like ah, eh, it's not really my bag it wasn't until i actually picked up uh dark souls one after hearing uh people on one of my favorite podcasts fast karate for the gentleman <laughs> talk about it quite a bit oh yeah that's um that dude was on bonfire side chat this year right yeah dave yeah. uh something i can't remember that guy's name yeah dave rally there, yeah. Yeah, there you go <clears throat> yeah they were talking about the anna Orlando nights and shooting people off the buttresses in anna Orlando, and i was like <laughs> what is this game supposed to be i thought it was just like weird uh big castles with a bunch of zombies and stuff did you, is that That's what inspired right. you to go pick it up? Yeah. Them just telling weird stories about like the different characters and all the weird things that they were getting into. And what was sort it? of hearing that there was like an actual story to the game. What was it like playing it for the first time? Because you know, the, the <laughs> reputation for, for dark souls is that it's extremely difficult, but like, yes, yeah. as, as veterans of the, these, these games nowadays, like you kind of just realize like, no, it's just like having to adapt to the controls. Like did it, was it a pretty harsh learning curve? Yeah, uh, I did all the things that every new player does at the beginning. <laughs> Turned around in the graveyard, get stuck in the berg for six hours. <laughs> uh, bounce off the Taurus demon over and over, and then figure out, oh, there's a ladder behind him. I can actually go up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the that ladder is just... Like I don't even think I ever even noticed it. It's, I think someone had to point it out to me. I just won't, I just ran straight forward towards the Taurus demon and died yep. over and over and over again. Yeah, this is how you progress in video games. This is probably how it happens here too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you fell into all of the, those newbie traps. How long did it take you to kind of yep. click with it? Uh, it was uh, actually by the end of the depths is where I was starting to really sort of get the hang of it. And the depths is sort of the area on my first playthrough that I hate it the most but it's now the area that I like the most. Okay. Yeah. Just cause I've like been in it so much and it's, <laughs> I don't know. Something about that place is nostalgic at this point. <laughs> um, 
it was all the way to the depths, man. That's that's a long time. Like that's going through the Capernaum yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's 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 difficult. Did you were you enjoying it up to that point? Oh yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's just one of those things where like uh, I don't know if I'm understanding everything that I'm supposed to be doing, and I just dying a whole bunch. I don't remember dying too much on the Capra Demon, but more on the run up to him with all those bandit guys and all the purple dogs. Just probably making small mistakes that leaves me with a little Estus in the end. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, just hanging on to those Estus charges at the beginning of Dark Souls is, it's weird to think that that's a good memory for me now, but it's definitely a good yeah. memory for me now. <laughs> How long did it take you to, to pick up on like the story? I, I, I was paying attention to like the opening cinematic, but I'm sure like most people at the time, it's sort of like, uh, well, these are just sort of a lot of proper nouns being thrown at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it was actually sort of when you start to run into characters like Solaire and Lautrec, you're like sort of, I don't know if I was picking up on the story, but at least that there was like interesting characters going around that sort of made me look at sort of the items and sort of try and piece together what was going on a little bit. Did you, uh, did you, like figure it all out like were you were you were you putting no, all those pieces together no. yeah, that red yarn on the thing <laughs> uh, youtube videos did that just fine for me <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah thank you the emb's and the quaylogs yep. and the bodies of the world for putting all that stuff together for us did you like at, at this point like are you are were you looking up this stuff like as you were playing the games or are you uh, just kind of just I, uh, absorbing yourself in the game i was trying not to look stuff up but if i was getting stuck too long i was like well i'd rather maybe lose a bit of quote unquote the experience and enjoy myself a little more. And in the end that ended up helping because it's kind of like, okay, well maybe I should be going this way instead, or Mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't be putting any points into resistance. (laughs) (laughs) So some like basic Um, stuff, but not necessarily like a story or lore videos that you were. Yeah. Nothing like that. Uh, On my first playthrough, I actually got, I ran into a brick wall at Enter Londo and I was out of humanity, couldn't summon, and I was just, I couldn't do anything to Ornstein Smo. And I was just like, well, I'll just restart and do it better this time. So, uh, no lie, I did exactly the same thing on my first playthrough. I, uh, oh, yeah. I got to Enter Londo, and I don't even want to tell you how many hours it took for me to get to Enter Londo, like a ridiculous amount. And uh, I didn't even get to Ornstein and Smo. Like, I, I was. I had some sort of like terrible battle axe with the barely the stats to use it and nothing upgraded and like really heavy armor and I could not even defeat the silver knights. Like I got to that bonfire, I got past the archers, got to that bonfire, and then just like I gotta, I'm just gonna start over again <laughs> and start it all over with the pyromancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think my play clock for my first character getting there was like 60 hours. The second oh, one was like okay, just yeah. over eight or something like that it's exactly the same thing man like exactly like i, I remember it being like 55 hours it took me to get yeah. to Orlando for the first time that's ridiculous like what were we doing for all yeah. that time there's how did we spend know. that much we were just dying that much yeah <laughs> getting one shot basically by boulders and sense fortress stuff like that oh my god yeah that spending so much time in sense fortress just trying to figure out like where to go and why everything sucks <clears throat> excuse me why everything sucks so bad Th- those snakes, th- those snake people, they're a real uh, road bump because they have a lot of health and they do a lot of damage as compared to any of the enemies before them that are just sort of like the rank and file guys. 
and they're mean. Like their yeah. <laughs> their combos are just really ridiculous. And yeah, spending so much time on that run to to send Sorceress from the that bonfire and like figuring out like oh okay if I hit this pressure plate at exactly the right time I can take out you know if I'm lucky I can take out one of them entirely or I can just take off a bunch of health off of both of them or something like just try to time that that trap out so that you can run it. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Do the thing where you run up beside the right pillar and get the trap going when the yep. first one starts to come at you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very much fun. Yeah, that's it's it's weird because they they put that roadblock there, and then they give you the the lightning spear, which is to tell you like, hey, these things like it's supposed to teach you about elemental weaknesses and damage and things, yep. and then. They put you in Orlando, and God help you if you're still using that lightning spear, because everybody <laughs> in Orlando is just resistant to everything. <laughs> yeah. Did you, was Orsina Smo? You think the 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 roughest boss that you had in Dark Souls one? Honestly, I don't know if they're the one that I had the toughest time on. It's sort of the one that like going in is sort of everybody was saying like, oh, this is like the super tough one, so like you're gonna want to have Solaire or like a summon if you're not mm-hmm. super good at this point or whatever. Um, which is sort of why I got scared of running out of humanity. Um, but on when I actually got there on the character that I ended up going with, it only took maybe five or six tries. I think the boss that I had the most trouble with in Dark Souls 1, like when I was playing it the first time, was either Gaping Dragon or I think I had a lot of trouble with Seath for some reason. Okay. I can see that. Like Seath is just kind of a... It's the first boss that really kind of breaks your camera almost altogether. Yeah. Like it's really just impossible to get an idea of what you're supposed to be doing and like how to damage him or anything like that. Yeah, I was being foolhardy trying to cut the tail on playthrough one. So just try to <laughs> <laughs> spin him around and around and around and just chipping away at my health. Oh, God. That, that just nightmares of, of endlessly like trying to throw fireballs at his tail to try to get it to cut off so quick so I can have that yeah. stupid sword. That's all I wanted. I just want that stupid sword. The worst boss run in the series. It is. It is pretty egregious. Like that, making you run all of that way back. Like I, I don't. They, they've, they've continually shortened their boss runs as the, as the games of subsequent games have gone out or come out, and it's, it's, it's really interesting that they've, they've kind of made that like change, and because it, it yeah. seems like demons and dark, both are like they're, they want you to be in those worlds, right? Yeah. Especially Demon Souls. Especially Demon Souls. How uh, <clears throat> how long did it take you to kind of be done with Dark Souls One? Did you do you keep saying first playthrough and, and stuff like that? Are you did you do a lot of different builds? I, I didn't really go through a bunch of different characters. I was um, I was doing, I, I was trying to get the platinum just because I was like, well, I you know I'm really enjoying this game. I'll try and make it my first platinum. And then I was reading all the stuff that you had to do, and I actually thought that you had to get all of the weapons, not just the special weapons, <laughs> to get it. So I was for like the the ghost blade, sure, yeah, the Baldur side sword. Oh no! Um, yeah, I actually had like a couple like random characters when I was just trying to get like all the magic for like specific magic ones. But on the characters that I put the most time into, it was just like the same one rolling into new game plus or whatever. Gotcha. And the, now, now I'm the, the flashbacks are coming back to me now that the boss that I had by far the hardest time with the, in any playthrough of any dark souls game was uh, the four Kings on new game plus one in dark souls one. 
Yeah, that's a that's an extremely rough one. Like that's uh, that's just not a fun boss for for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I remember invading in that area and um, you know just invading and like knocking people off ledges or whatever, just being a dick and uh, like getting messages from people and thinking that they'd be hate mail. And instead, it was like, hey, if you're in this area, can you can you turn human or can you put your summon sign down and help me kill the four kings? I really need some help. <laughs> <laughs> And like feeling so so bad for these people that are doing it. I was like, okay, fine. I'll, let's go kill the four kings, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God help you if you try and summon Beatrice for that fight. Man, Beatrice is... I, I don't... Like that... She she can be really good in that fight. And uh, like Beatrice is one of my like under... Uh, underappreciated... One, one of my like... Prob- like oh, yeah, she's awesome. problematic faves or whatever. She's great. She's awesome, but she's like she can be so much better than like ninety percent of the time. She's just an idiot when she gets in that fight. When she get, just gets stuck on the ghost in the doorway, <laughs> or she gets stuck in the ghost down the stairs, um, or or she just like goes up to try to like melee attack the the four kings, and I'm like, girl, you you've got tons of spells. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So you were playing Dark Souls one. Was this around the time like that the game had come out? You, uh, actually, it was just about the time that Dark Souls Two was supposed to be coming out. Gotcha. So, were you kind of was, paying attention to the the hype cycle around Dark Souls Two? A little, actually. I was sort of like, okay, well, this new one's coming out, but I'm going to focus on finishing this one first, and then maybe I'll look into playing the second one. Because gotcha. by that time, I think I was in my when I was in my first playthrough. Still, I was uh, at Gwyn, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to beat him because I didn't have everything I needed for my first playthrough to be over yet. <laughs> Gotta go through and click, kill every single NPC that you've ever met. <laughs> I, I actually, even when I was sort of in like the dark playthrough or whatever, like when you're doing like a lot of the bad stuff or whatever to get the, well, you don't need to do anything to get the dark ending, but I was trying to role play with the character that they'd be a little more evil for some reason if they were going to mm-hmm. be the walk of the fire ending. But I still didn't want to kill most of the NPCs except for Lutrek. Always kick him off of that ledge. Yeah, that's always very satisfying, especially if you if you got caught up in his his quest on the first playthrough. There is just yeah. there is just something in just so um, miserable about climbing out of Blight Town and realizing that bonfire doesn't work. Like it's just it's just, yep. just so much of a punch yep. in the gut. For the <laughs> It's one of my favorite uh, Steam Steam moments, like or stream moments, to watch like new play new players play the game. Like I love watching them come out of there if they don't know anything about it and just going, wait, why does this note just say dead? <laughs> what what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my wife was just playing through, well, is playing through Dark Souls one currently, and she just is a little bit past that part now. But that was pretty devastating to her when she came into Blight Town. Did you do any, uh, besides like summoning and stuff, did you get involved with the PvP at all? Not really. Not <laughs> very much, because I was, I was like, any time an invader would come in, I'd be like, oh no, well, I'm basically dead. I, I tried <laughs> fight the, but my skill set at that time was basically just easy pickings for them. <laughs> just it's, swinging the claymore. It's pretty terrifying having someone like come into your game like that, and like just with the express purpose of, you know killing you and not really knowing what you're doing at all like just trying to spam a bunch of buttons all together yeah by the time i was playing dark souls 3 i was i did actually a little bit of invading and stuff like that and actually like whenever somebody would invade it'd be like okay this is when the game gets actually really fun but in dark souls 1 no way <laughs> <Which is scary. laughs> 
Well, when did you pick, uh, where, where did you go from here? Did you pick Dark Souls 2 up since it was the new thing, or did you go back to the Immense? Um, I think after Dark Souls 1, I, I played Demon Souls next, which I'm still on the last boss of. <laughs> I haven't technically beat Demon Souls yet, but I'm on False King a lot. Um, but Demon Souls, I think, is my second favorite of them, with the caveat that I haven't beat them all. But there's just something about that world that's super cool. I really like it. Like it's it's got a it's got a atmosphere to it that is I think just unparalleled except for like just demons and bloodborne, right? Like I think that those two yeah, are some of the most for like, sure. like you feel it in your bones when you play those games. So did you have a, a hard there's time something... with D- Demon Souls or were you were you uh, yeah, by the, by the time I got the Demon Souls, the only boss that I died on before getting to Penetrator was I died on Maneater twice. But <laughs> those were the only two bosses that I died on until I got to False King, where mostly I'm just dying on the dragon in the run-up. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I like Demon Souls a whole lot. I, I, I'm just desperate for like a remaster or something. Like It just kind of yeah. sucks opening up that PS3 to, to play it, because the PS3 is... Man, it's just a clunky system to, to play with it, nowadays. It is. I um I'm just I am glad that you can use the DS4 controllers on on the PS3 though that that makes it a lot better because oh, I, I yes, really yes. hate the six axis <laughs> I hate those controllers so much. It it was my favorite controller for a long time and then I played the, I got the PS4 and I was like oh this is what a real controller is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the DS4 a whole lot. Like, um, I know people prefer the the Xbox One controller, but I don't I don't find those very comfortable for some reason. Yeah, I prefer the two sticks being on the same uh, axis mm-hmm. rather than the shift at once. I don't know. And with Dark Souls games, something about the uh, the Xbox R1 and R2 buttons, they just feel too clicky for me. I don't know. <laughs> no, I can see that. I can see that because it's, especially on Xbox 360, those, those shoulder buttons were not that great. Yeah. So what uh, did you, did you manage to platinum Demon Souls or did you even try? Uh, no. Nope, not even gonna try that one. <laughs> Don't want to grind for that. I, I've blood got... <laughs> no way. None, none of that stuff. I, I, I do have the platinum for Dark Souls one, three, and Bloodborne. Gotcha. Which three was a huge pain getting all those rings. Yeah, just listening to a lot of podcasts and killing a lot of Silver Knight archers to get all those. To, to the, <laughs> yep, yep, and, that's the one. And as a PvP guy, like I had the, the little emblem, Covenant emblem on, so like I was just waiting to get summoned, and I got throughout the entire time of killing like four hundred of those knights, I got summoned maybe twice, and one of them like just yeah. failed and, and popped me back in my world. So, yeah, nice. I think I got twice, maybe. From please, what are you doing? <laughs> please make your networking work in your next games. <laughs> just, just make it work. I remember getting to the end, well, near the end of my playthrough of Dark Souls 3, and I, I was on, like, the wiki or whatever, found, like, where the last ring I needed to get was and picked it up, waited for the thing to pop, re- reset the game, and, like, see if it would go. And I was like, oh, no, I have to get the ones in New Game Plus 2 and 3. Yep. That sucks. Uh, the doing the uh, I don't remember. Maybe it's one of the wolf rings that you have to get behind. Um, I think it's New Game Plus Two. Uh, yeah, just behind the door or whatever. Yeah, man, that's uh, uh, the nameless king, after the nameless king fight. Like it's just it's just right there, but you can't do it. You have to kill that dude, and he's such a pain yep. in the ass in New Game Plus. Yeah. He just has so much health. I, uh, 
it's it's that that fight is really really frustrating like i kind of feel like um from software doesn't necessarily want you to get platinums or get all of the, the achievements for these games because they just keep making yeah. them kind of harder to get yeah that's why i really like the one for i'm not a big like trophy guy or anything i just sort of like doing these games because at least in dark souls one it kind of lets you see everything mm-hmm. it lets you see like oh this is how all the magic works because you have to get it all like all the boss weapons and lets you see all like the stories behind the boss weapons and stuff whereas in like dark souls 3 you just it seems like you're collected a lot of junk and like have to do just a lot of pointless stuff to do it yeah i don't um i, I do the same thing like I, I don't care about trophies a lot of the time um like but if it's a game that i like then i kind of want to like look and see like what the developer has put in there for me to do after i after i finish yeah. it and um i did it with dark souls 3 just because i've kind of got Besides Demon Souls, I think I've got the all of the platinums for all of them. But man, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think I'll be able to force myself to do it next time. Like, if it, if the no inevitable Dark Souls four comes out, like, I just don't think I'm gonna make myself collect all the rings that I'll never use. It just by by the end of the Dark Souls three, when I was just looking at myself, like, is this really what I want to be doing with my time? <laughs> yeah, that's it too. Like, uh, the older I get, the more I'm like, I only have a finite time on this world. Like, why am I grinding for this stupid ring or these <laughs> yeah, stupid exactly. souvenirs of reprisal? Exactly. I'm basically, I'm so old, I feel like I'm going to die next week. So, like, why am I, do, why am I spending my last hours on Earth doing this? <laughs> yeah, I I really like the one for Bloodborne. Actually, like the list for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like admitting that you have to do all the chalices to do it but i don't know i don't hate the chalices i just hate some of the bosses that are in them <laughs> yeah yeah i um i'm a, you know everyone knows that i'm a self-professed like chalice apologizer yeah uh but like even like some of those bosses are just egregious <laughs> like it's it's just it's just ridiculous do you have one in particular that you that you don't like um I had a really tough time on uh, Defiled Amygdala. That's the one that I probably <laughs> died the most Ooh. on. Watchdogs, Defiled Watchdogs of the Old Lord didn't actually take that long, but Defiled Amygdala did. Yeah, the uh, Defiled Amy is is a is a special like just like I died a lot to Watchdog too. Like I, but I've I feel like now when I play a Watchdog, like I've got that fight on lock. Like I feel like I can predict yeah. what he's going to do, and I can I can kind of work around it. With Amy G, like I just have no idea. What <laughs> at any point, yeah. I can sometimes reliably get get it into a loop where it just like lifts its arm up a couple of times and then like yeah. does it, and like I can kind of repeat that. But by the third phase, once 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 the arms come off, like I just I'm like I oh, hope something works. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> I hope its health runs out before my blood vials do. <laughs> exactly, um, or just you know trying to. Like even before the DLC came out, trying to do that fight with like a ranged character, like having the cannon hooked up so that I could like oh, yeah. <laughs> shoot it twice in the head. Let's let's talk about Bloodborne for a minute. Like, did sure. you did you buy a PS4 for for Bloodborne? I actually bought a PS4 for Dark Souls Three a week before it came out. I was like, well, I'll grab Bloodborne Two and play that while I okay. wait for Dark Souls Three to come out. So, like, I knew Bloodborne was cool and all, but I was just like, oh well, wow, I just didn't have the money for one before that. That was a. Uh, that's kind of interesting. So you you would so it wasn't necessarily like you were you saw Bloodborne and were like oh, I'm not going to worry about it, but like it was Dark Souls three that you got the most excited about. Yeah, that, because well, I don't know. I I do love Bloodborne. It's probably my third favorite 
but at the time I was really excited for Dark Souls 3. Actually, like at the time I sent you the email about wanting to be on the show, I probably would have said that, yeah, like Dark Souls 3, really great. Maybe my favorite. Now, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, five, <laughs> five years ago when you emailed me to be on the show. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It just takes me a while to do this. <laughs> um, well, did you play Bloodborne first or did you wait for Dark Souls 3 to come out? Uh, yeah, I played Bloodborne first. And I, I think I almost got through it by the time that uh, Dark Souls 3 came out. But I, like even when I was playing 3, I was sort of like, well, you know, Bloodborne kind of controls better than this. And like it seems like they actually have a story. <laughs> like a cooler world that isn't just sort of all this interesting looking but sort of random feeling stuff. Yeah, I um I'm I'm it, it Bloodborne being kind of a closed loop and kind of having a beginning and an ending is so much more satisfying yeah. than Dark Souls 3's like, okay, we're gonna link the fire or the fire's gonna go <laughs> yep. out or, or or any of that stuff. And um I like the I like the work that the the people in the lore community are, are doing to pull stories out of it. And um like listening to people like uh, the Mamadi um, that was on a few weeks ago with her kind of overarching, uh, you know, everything is, is about memory and that's what the fires are kind of, kind of thing that ties one and two and three together. Like all of that stuff is really good. But like when I was actually playing dark souls three, I was like, yeah. And then like, especially coming from bloodborne where like every, it felt like every around every corner, I learned something new about bloodborne. Yeah. And, and it fit in to what I already knew or it expanded it in some way. Yeah. Uh, there's just something about Bloodborne. It's I'm definitely like that's definitely the game that I'm the worst at <laughs> out of the Souls games, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to bosses. But there's something about it that just feels I don't know more uh, like a holistic. When it comes to like every part of the game, like how it controls, how it looks, how it feels. I don't know. <laughs> something about it. No, I can, I, I can, I can definitely understand that. Like it, everything feels of its piece, right? Like it feels like it's a, everything is a little piece of a, of a, of a whole and everything kind of is tied together really well. Um, like finding the, um, in the DLC, there's that one piece of armor that has like a kind of a bracket around the, the, the your hunter leg or whatever. And kind yeah. of realizing it's, it's the one that you're constantly jamming blood vials into. So of course you, you might yeah. need a little extra support on that leg. Like that kind of stuff just really works for me. That DLC I think is probably maybe my favorite like set of souls levels in a row in a row rather. Uh, it's the old hunters DLC. It's, it's, maybe my favorite thing in the world <laughs> like i know it gets, yeah. it gets so much love everywhere like and it just it's, yeah it's hard to really fault it for anything like i guess like you can complain a little bit about like the difficulty of the final boss um or of um lawrence the, the yeah the, the guy. <laughs> um both of those are probably a little too hard but like i'm so in love with the orphan of cause fight i think i talk about it on every episode of this podcast um it's a good one it is i mean it's just just they ratchet everything I like about that game up to 11. And I just, I just love it so much. In Bloodborne, even the hardest, like human sized enemy fights, like even when they're super hard, they don't seem as unfair as sometimes like the Lawrence's or like even sometimes like the parls of the world seem like maybe you're getting hit from something you just can't see because it's off your camera behind you because you're underneath them or whatever 
to this day, uh, Parl is like, and the the subsequent Chalice versions that you that you fight um, are, is just the hardest boss for me. Like it's just I, I I cannot beat it solo, and I don't. I know like you're supposed to like focus on one leg and like crack it down, and then to do like I know like the strategy and tactics. Like you know, don't at me Twitter. Like I know that, but like I just like, for, what, for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason, like I I have the hardest time implementing it, and I'd, especially once you get into the Chalice versions, and it's you know, the health is way ramped up and it does way more damage and everything. And that arena yeah. in the chalice engine is way bigger. So like he, he can jump around like all over the place and it's, it's rough. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, he's one that I have quite a hard time on. I, I'm, I'm not afraid of summoning in these games. I'm always like, yep, I gotta pick up these signs or ring that bell over and over. Yeah, summoning is. I always is, try and have someone going in with me, but I, I do too. Yeah, and, and at least now, like the chalices have made it so much easier to summon people. Like, yes, when it was released, it was it was like you would ring your bell and like nothing would happen for hours. <laughs> like nobody knew yeah. what to, knew what to do if you didn't have someone that was like you know that you could talk to on you know uh, like whatever message board or, or what have you to, to arrange beforehand. You were kind of sol. Yeah, for sure. How did you find the the kind of change of aesthetic from like the you know gothic fantasy of the world to uh, you know the, the the kind of horror more urban environments of Bloodborne? Yeah, uh, I I really like how Bloodborne looks and like its feel. Um, I I honestly like the aesthetic of Dark Souls a little more. At least mm-hmm. like Dark Souls one aesthetic. I don't. There's something about Dark Souls three that doesn't look as I don't know, earthy as Dark Souls one does, but Bloodborne is great. It's just a personal thing, I guess. Sure, yeah. You just kind of like the 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 castle stuff more than you do the the city stuff. Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't even know if it's the castles. It's just like the outside areas, like uh, your dark root basins. Yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. That that world in Dark Souls One sure is something special. Like I, you know, yeah. it, <laughs> they they sure have never been able to repeat that again. I'm not, I'm not even like particularly sure that they they have tried. Like it must have been. I've talked about this a lot, where it's like almost like a lightning in a bottle situation, uh, where they just yeah. didn't. Like I don't think they set out with those plans, right? Like I think that they were like, okay, we're going to try to do this, and it came together extraordinarily well, and they had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. When did um like as you're playing these games, are you, are you kind of contributing or not contributing? Excuse me. Like, are you participating in the, in the community at all? Like, are you watching YouTube videos? Are you posting anything <laughs> online? Like, are you kind of, are you listening to bonfireside chat? Like what were you, were you what was your outside the games? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely not the person to like post lore theories or whatever. Cause I, a lot of it's over my head. Mm-hmm. I do like, I, partake in the body videos and stuff watch those videos um i i did i started listening to bonfire side chat uh, i think near the end of bloodborne is when i started to listen to like the dark souls one season of that when they were on the end of their bloodborne season i just finished that show up good one um but i how i interact mostly with the series through posting stuff online as i do not a lot of Dark Souls fan art, but I draw <laughs> quite a bit of it. What got you started doing that? Probably around the time when I was playing the first game, drawing a lot of like Sigmires and Soul layers, stuff like that. Nice. 
is that something that you do a lot? Like, if you're way into a game, are you just like kind of making fan art about it all the time, or is it was Dark Souls kind of special? Honestly, not really. Just mostly with Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I do most of the time. I try and draw like just original stuff, but when it comes to those games, it's just kind of like, oh well, I'll draw like a little area from this game or uh, draw Sieglund fighting the golden crystal golem or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who is my Siegland is my secret favorite character in all the Souls games. She's great, right? She's so much better than her dad. Like she's yeah. just like if it if if we didn't have Siegland, you would just figure that like all of the Onion Knights from all of um are they from Kareem or uh, uh Katarina? Katarina, there you go. Yeah. Um you would just figure like everybody from Katarina is a massive dumbass, but that there's one at least there's one competent woman knight that can like go and try to save her dad, even though you know she ultimately fails and that sucks. But that's Dark Souls, yeah. so like, but otherwise she does a really good job. Yeah, and also like she's not undead, so she only has one life to live. Like she can't die. Like she's throwing herself into this world to try and get her dad back, even though like if she dies, it's over. Yeah, yeah, and you can't really blame her for getting captured by Seath because, like, yeah, basically every woman in the game gets captured by Seath at some point. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> Seath kind of has a thing for 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 you know trapping up women that you know again problematic phase, but yeah, um, yeah. it's it, it's it's really interesting. Like, Sigling is is such a like it's just that idea of having a character that small that has that much of an impact, right? Like, people talk about that moment down in Ash Lake where you find her standing over the the body of her father who she had to kill. And like, you know, openly weeping or like getting very, very emotional about it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited for my wife to get to that part in the game. It's like one of the only things that hasn't really been spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) What is uh, what is that like? Like, so if your wife is playing it and uh, like, obviously, you've probably talked to her about about the games before. But uh, are you are are you doing that dark souls thing where you're trying not to just to say as little as possible? Or are you giving her like, like don't level resistance, but get, otherwise go in blind or like, how are you, yeah, how, I, how are you got a her? little bit? Um, well, she played through bloodborne first and she, she actually platinum bloodborne too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I've shown her like a couple like lore videos or whatever of dark souls one to, to try and like pique her interest at first. But now I'm trying to like, I, I kind of po- like point her in directions when she can't figure out where to go because I would have liked somebody to do that on my first one if I was just getting stuck. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. hey, don't you're going like you're you're going into the skeletons like that. Don't do that. Like, yeah, I'll give you that much advice. <laughs> uh, like, you did it once and you died. Don't like, worry you know. about the graveyard right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe run and get that giant sword, but otherwise, like, just just you know, go yeah. the other direction. <clears throat> yeah, but it, it's funny to see like things that are like pretty much uh, standard across every playthrough like oh this area is the worst no this area is now the worst that i've been at oh blight tout oh this is the real this is the real the worst do you think she'll uh, continue with the games after the first one um i i she wants to try three after mm-hmm. um i i what I want to do is hopefully play three co-op. Maybe yeah. I think that'd be a fun way to play that one again, rather than get the, uh, get the two TVs in the living room, get the two yep. PS4. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen more and more couples like that kind of have that set up as, as you know, like couch co-op becomes a, a thing of the past. in a lot of triple A games, like they just put another TV in the living room and play video games. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's some dedication, but like it works. That's good. Yeah. 
like those games are some of the most fun multiplayer games around. <laughs> like they're so fun to play with. Oh, absolutely. People, especially if you know you're playing with. Yeah, especially if you have if and if you're sitting in the same room with them, like it's even better. Like yeah. I've heard uh you know f- former guest on the show Nikki talked a lot about her and her brother uh like sitting up setting up two TVs in the same room so that they could like troll people in PVP games and like to have that 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 ability yeah. to communicate like really makes a difference, which just seems fascinating to me. I guess the uh, the only game that we really haven't talked about is is Dark Souls Two. What like we you kind of briefly touched on it that you uh, I think we said this right right before the show started that you had gotten you hadn't finished it, but you uh, you also had been kind of spoiled about it. What is your opinion on Dark Souls Two? You know, I, I was kind of put off by everybody being like, "Oh, it's like the black sheep. It's not very good. B team, whatever. Like whatever. Like kind of <laughs> dirt you want to throw at it." Uh, but when I actually started playing it, I was like, oh, this game has a really cool opening and has a really cool sort of aesthetic to it that doesn't look like any of the other games. It's sort of more cartoony, almost. Mm-hmm. It almost feels more like a Zelda game to me than a Dark Souls game. I, I can kind of see that, especially if you get into that like first Sunken King DLC where you're like, where you, you they have switches that turn raise and lower platforms and stuff like that, which feels yeah. very like unsouls-like in the extreme. Um, though I, I do feel like I am wading through molasses when I am playing a game. It's um, it's you kind of have to just like lean into the the stodginess of the whole thing to to, to enjoy yeah. it. I think, and it's it's I can definitely do it, but I definitely understand people's reactions, uh, like their negative reactions to that and why they don't like it compared to, especially like following that up with Bloodborne <laughs> and like yeah, going exactly. the total opposite direction and like everybody just raves about Bloodborne's combat, right? Yeah, there's there's just something about how the weapons feel in Dark Souls Two. I don't know. I can't like put any words on it, but it's just my uh my complaint has always been um and the just the justification for this is that Dark Souls Two they actually did motion capture for the weapon animations. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And um, which because my 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 complaint was always like it felt like even the big weapons felt kind of weightless. And that yeah, would, that would yeah, make that, sense that's, if that's they're word for it. Yeah, if if they're if they're actually using like giant styrofoam swords to capture, you know, because they're not going to get somebody out there to, get, to swing a, yeah, a exactly. one hundred pound <laughs> Buster sword, right? Like that's not going to be possible. Um, yeah, that was always my my main complaint about about that game and the, some of the weird enemies like that feel like they're on uh, like a turntable when they when they rotate to you like they don't move they just yeah. like rotate on an axis it seems a little weird but that game like the appeal of that game i think isn't necessarily that those mechanics um, it is for some people but like the the overarching story and i think it has a lot of really emotional moments in it that people kind of respond to and i think that's the that's the real divisive nature of that game is if you can if you yeah. can like it for those reasons then then you love it <laughs> right I think the voice acting in those games is something wholly unique to those games as opposed to like almost all other video games. How so? There's just something like echoey and earthy about like how the voices carry. Like they don't feel like they're like when I hear the voices in those games, I don't see somebody in a booth recording mm-hmm. them like in most games. There's like, something almost like Rankin Bassy, <laughs> the voices sound. I don't know. No, I can I can definitely get that. Yeah, it does. It definitely sounds like um, it. It 
it feels like it's recorded outside for some reason. Like it, it, yeah. just, it has an expansion. It has like a, like a, I don't know what the best way to, to describe it is. Like, it just feels like it, it definitely doesn't feel like they record in a studio. Although have you, have you seen that, that link that goes around every once in a while where the people are actually doing the, the voices, like it shows them recording the actual, I, I haven't. No, I've, I've never seen that one. That sounds cool. I'm a, I'm gonna link it to you and I'll put it in the show notes as cool. well. So, uh, but yeah, it's, Thank it's you. just, it's really weird seeing like, um, like the sweet old lady that does the voice, right? The the, the intro or whatever. <laughs> like it's just yeah. really weird, like seeing her read it. I'm like, that's not what I pictured you looking like at all, old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Man, somebody has spent some time to go through and do like find all of the voice actors for everybody <laughs> in the game and yeah. like put their picture up. That's that's really amazing. I need to I need to seek that dude out and see if I can find it and get him on the show. Or yeah, seek this person cool. out, I should say. I might do that later. But yeah, that video is cool. Go, go go check it out when you have some time because it's yeah, it's, I will check that out for sure. It's it's really interesting. We we didn't really talk about kind of like the the hype a little bit because it seemed like you were kind of playing the games a little bit later. But like when Dark Souls three was out, are you were you kind of like hyped for it? Like were you watching trailers? Were you, were you uh, doing that stuff? Or were you just trying to stay as blind as possible? I I was trying to stay pretty blind on it. I did watch like a couple things. Like I got spoiled on like the Firelink Shrine being in the game mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but. Like that is definitely like maybe the most hyped I've ever been for like a video game or whatever. Like I was so excited for it. Are you? Uh, what are you? What are you looking forward to him now? Like we're we're st- I've been saying this for months, but we're in a position where they've they've said that they're working on stuff. They haven't really announced what any of that stuff is. Like it's all but confirmed that one of the one of that stuff is Armored Core, but like the other two are shrouded in mystery still. Um, what like what what are you looking forward to seeing from them? In the future. I, I just hope it's something cool and weird, you know, like, I, like if they do Dark Souls 4, which I don't think they're going to do, like if they did it, sure, whatever. Even if it was like Demon Souls 2 or Bloodborne 2, like I'd take one of those, especially Bloodborne 2, which I just hope wouldn't be connected to Bloodborne 1 in any like story wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know, like I don't have a genre that I would pin them on. I just hope they get weird with it it <laughs> just does lean into their weirdness right yeah yeah I'd, I'd like to see that as well it'd be interesting to see what kind of game Miyazaki makes now that he's literally the president of that company right like is it yeah it's a much different role uh than being a, like a direct even a director of a video game so I'm kind of curious what how that would affect like some of their decision making processes and things like that do world tendency again Sure. Like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like maybe just when you when you do world tendency again, like make the screen that tells you what your world tendency is, like something that you can actually tell what your world tendency is. Like I don't yep. <laughs> those those goddamn screen status screen in Demon Souls where like is it pure white or is that the whitest it can get? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just give me a number. Like if you make the image if you want to, but like give me some other way to confirm that I'm at pure white other than yep. like adjusting the brightness on my TV to see <laughs> what the difference is. It's crazy. <laughs> I get so aggravated at that. Like if you're just trying to do a thing, like you, you almost can't even look at that. You almost just have to like trust exactly what you're doing and how the game is going to interpret it. But it's, yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah. I, I guess like to finish up, um, to kind of wrap us out of, of, of this sure. podcast, like what a kind of with your history of the souls games over the last few years, like is, has it changed the way that you approach games or that you approach your art or any, or anything like that? Like, has it had an, any, has it had an effect on you at all? Oh yeah. in games for sure. I, like, I am not good at video games at all. And I 
I don't even know if I'm good at Souls games, but I feel competent in them, at least. And that's not really something that I felt in very many other video games, even though I put like hundreds of hours into Overwatch or whatever. I still feel like I'm doing stuff wrong in that game. <laughs> yeah, we can uh, we can talk about Don't Give Up Mercy uh, after, after this. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you want to get into some Overwatch salt, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I, have, I haven't actually played the any of the new patches or anything, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit behind, but yeah. Like, I, I like a lot of other video games, but since I played Dark Souls and, like, all those games, it's sort of like, well, it's not as good as this or something like that. It's just something really good feeling about playing those games. Like, they just feel good to play, <laughs> even when you're dying a lot. That's true. Like, it's... Um, I always go back to, you know, like, doing the PvP stuff and enjoying what I'm doing so much that like the outcome doesn't even matter. And that's yeah. how the single player feels a lot too of like, you know, it, don't get me wrong. Like the, the exhilaration you get from killing that boss. Finally, like when you finally defeat the gap, gaping dragon and you're like, Oh God, that was 30 times. That was like two hours of my <laughs> yeah. life. Like that's, that's, that's a really good feeling. But even just going to the gaping dragon and dying over and over again, like you usually learn something along the way. And that's, that's really satisfying. Yeah. Unlike when you beat Gale and you just feel nothing. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know because no, actually, I did beat Gale. Never mind. I was going to say I did. I was. I didn't beat. I didn't beat the uh, the dumb dragon. I didn't. I didn't go down and kill the dragon. So um, me either. <laughs> man, people people try to justify that fight to me and like, oh, he's actually really easy. You just have to know exactly. Da, da. And I'm like, I no. Like the first time I hit that dude in the face and it like took off a barely visible centimeter yeah. of its health. I was like, well, I'm just not going to do this. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like go to the wiki, look up the rewards. Nope. Don't need it. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Not to, not to extend the length of this or anything, but when I was watching my wife play through dark souls one, it was like, she would hit a boss and it would take off like a pretty decent chunk. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> like, that doesn't Oh, I know. Three, just going, like, going back to demons and dark, man, the bosses are crazy. Like that, that not crazy, but like they, there's just they just don't have a lot of health compared to the the, modern, yeah. the, the, the newer games, and it's that's a really big frustration for me. Like I've talked about it a lot on the show, so I don't want to go into it a lot. People are tired of my p- opinions that Dark Souls yeah. is bad, but um, yeah, that's that's a significant thing for it. Like it makes those games way more manageable. Yeah, you can see uh, how much further you're getting every time because it's not just like little tiny pixels off. Even like if you hit them like ten times or whatever. Like if you hit a boss ten times, they're probably halfway dead in Dark Souls One. <laughs> that's true. That's exactly right. Well, uh, Wayne, thank you ex- a whole lot for getting up early on a Saturday and doing this podcast with oh, me. Th- thank this you. Is, this has been an extremely great f- conversation. Uh, where can you be found on the internet? Should people try to seek you out? Do you have your art up somewhere that we can we can all go look? Yeah, sure. So um, most of my stuff is posted on my either my Tumblr or my Twitter, and they're both under the same uh, URL, which is uh, on side seven. It's like my internet handle or whatever. Yeah, we um we've been Tumblr buds for a long time, if I remember correctly. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I I'm, I'm going to say this because I just I feel like I have to make a confession. But um for the longest time, and I don't know why, I always called you Steven in my head. Like I just <laughs> something about the one the way that Onside Seven is written out, it just seemed it just screams yeah. Steven in my brain. So like I remember That's following you on uh... on Twitter for the first time, and I was like, wait, Wayne, what? <laughs> I got real confused. <laughs> Um, it's just a dumb anime thing. I wouldn't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know from anime. I don't, I don't know anything about anime. So, um, 
Well, thank you again for guesting. I'll, I'll put the links to uh, some of that stuff in the in the show notes so people can go and, and click on that. Um, oh, thank you very much. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to all of the social media networks that the podcast is on, which I think is all of them. I'm, I don't think I'm missing any, uh, but I'll call your attention to the Instagram, which is Don't Give Up Skellies. I post brief video clips of each guest so that you can get an idea of what the podcast would be like before you jump in, uh, which is nice. But you can uh, also rate and review us on iTunes. That helps me out a lot. It helps the show out more specifically, uh, just kind of getting more exposure. And yeah, that's really about it. So thank you again to uh, Wayne. I almost said Stephen because I'm a bad person. Thank you again (laughs) to Wayne for guesting. And uh, remember, don't give up, Skeleton. And we're good. Yeah, cool. Thank Thank you, man. That was was great. Yeah, that was was a lot of fun. It just breezes by like every time I do this podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, it's already been an hour. How is that possible? <laughs>